0: Phoenix Nation on E S E N Z Thanks to OPPO coming up on the show. The Phoenix women's goalkeeping coach uh, Ryan Ego is going to join us. We'll also catch up with Brian Keltek out of the Central Coast Mariners, our OPPO for this week. And uh, joining us right now from the Phoenix men's first team is Nico Pennington. Uh, Hello, Nico. Uh, How is the season playing out for you so far? Hello, hello.
1: It's it's playing out well recently. We've got a couple of wins, so that's that's helped. Uh, obviously, I couldn't contribute to the last game, so I, I'm a bit bit annoyed about that. But it was good to get a win, and it's good to you know, have climbed the, the ladder a bit than being higher up on the table. And uh, we've got some important matches coming up, so hopefully I can give a big contribution to the team. And uh, yeah, we'll keep on going up.
0: Yeah, I guess you, you mentioned that you, know, you couldn't contribute to the last game because of that red card. Um, what is yeah. it like for a player in that environment where you're not injured, so you go through the training all week with the team and everything, but you know you can't play that weekend? How does that affect you different? you know? How, how do you tackle it from a week where you know you can play?
1: Uh, well, obviously it's different mentally because... Uh you know, you're not going to play on the weekends. So there's different ways you can tackle. You can either think about training as hard as possible just to be fit for the next game or or you can relax a bit more. I I, I had the weekend to relax because obviously I couldn't, couldn't travel with the team and uh, I used the week training with the team to just train as hard as possible to be fit for the next game. So, yeah, it's... Uh, you just think about the next game personally, and uh, just help out the team as best as possible to to prepare for for the game.
0: Now you yeah. co- you coach Ufuk Talley. He was uh, when he was a player, he was certainly uh, a player who didn't take a backward step to anybody. Uh, what did he have to say to you after the, after your you run in with Max Burgess?
1: Uh, well, he didn't say much. I think it was uh, pretty clear from from the situation that I was just defending myself and I, I didn't want anything to do with, uh, <laughs> with uh, Max Burgess in that case. I was just uh, I was walking away and just trying to just uh, defending myself at that point so I didn't even mean to to put my hands to his neck. So I think it was pretty clear and knowing my character of in you as well that I didn't really <laughs> mean to, to you know to hurt it's max so it's uh i he he wasn't he wasn't angry at me and he was, I think he, he was very happy at how the, the game turned out and uh yeah it's just just part of the game
0: mm-hmm. and how are you settling uh Nico? i mean you know you you you're born and bred in in rome uh but you your dad's australian and you've represented the aussies at, at under 23 level um the move yep. to wellington how's that been for you how you settled in in wellington
1: oh it's been good it's been good wellington's uh Very nice city, and it's uh, it's so nice to play in front of fans, and uh, the um, yeah, just playing at Sky Stadium's been it's been amazing every week, and uh, yeah, for myself, it's been been nice. Me and my girlfriend settled in; she's working in Wellington. I've been I've been I've been happy. Um, The weather's been very nice for (laughs) for the last week or so, so. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been nice, it's been nice. I've actually enjoyed living in Wellington.
0: That's fantastic to hear, mate. Um, now, in terms of uh, how your games developing, um, you know, you're still only a, a young player, really. Uh, you've got a lot of time ahead of you uh, to, for your career. At, in terms of what you're trying to work on, what where you see that you can improve and be a better player? What are, What do those things look like for you?
1: Uh, I think I've improved a lot even since I've been at Wellington. I've, uh, uh, before I played more as an attacking player. Now I've, I am, I'm playing more as a defending midfielder. So I, I think I've improved a lot at just maintaining my position and uh, being quite defensive. So, yeah, I've still got a, a lot of work to do. I can improve a lot. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's many aspects of my game that I can improve. But Wellington's definitely helping me to develop
0: yeah, well, you, you played a lot in the italian system obviously because that's where you were born yes. and raised um how does the game differ uh from from over there to to the a league uh it looks
1: uh, it looks to me a bit less tactical in the a league but at the same time we as a team and off as a coach is very very tactical so we're very structured so in that in in it it's very similar to to the italian teams i played with uh, because it's um it's yeah, it's, it's just very structured. And uh yeah, for the rest there's technical quality in the A League compared to compared to the third league in Italy where I was playing. And uh, it's actually I think the A League is a very it's a very good good league with very high standards and good players playing in it.
0: Yeah, I mean you, you played in CRC as you as you said and you spent some uh yeah. some time uh with the Serie a Club as well in, yep. in Cagliari. Um who was the yep. who was the best player you ever you ever came up against? Uh,
1: that's a good question. There's been quite a few players that um I played obviously in uh in Serie A. there was um many players but I, I was only on the bench so I didn't. I never really had the chance to play up against them, and uh, oh, it's hard for me to name one name that played in Ceriçi dropped down. So yeah, I probably would need more time to think about that. <laughs> okay. But it's, there's quite a few, quite yeah. a few players. I just can't come up with a <laughs> with a name at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, now, given where you where you did play over there uh, and you were born in Rome, I yeah. uh, where, uh, you know, as a kid, uh, who was your team? Who was who was the team you supported? Who was the team you followed?
1: The team I supported actually was AC Milan because my my grandfather supports AC Milan, he's from northern Italy and uh, he's very passionate about football and he's always supported A C Milan since I, I was a kid so i I grew up supporting A C Milan as well. So yeah. And then obviously when I moved to Cagliari at a very young age, I I supported Cagliari. So growing up, uh Cagliari and A C Milan were my, my two
0: teams. Yeah, yeah, fantastic! It was great, to, great to have that choice, uh, and and a, and a great way to yeah. to to grow up in the in, in football as well. And uh, you know, I know you've, I mentioned you played a couple of games for the uh, Australian Under 23s and you've said that you want to represent yeah. Australia going forward. Um, uh, how has that experience been for you? I mean, I I kind of look at you know where you grew up and the fact you know, and even talking to you now, you you sound very Italian. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, how, how Australian do you feel versus how Italian you feel?
1: Well, obviously, growing up in Italy, uh, all my friends and family, most of my family, live in Italy, so I feel um, I feel very Italian. But at the same time, the Italian, the the Australian part is also very important because obviously, my dad's my dad's uh, Australian and he's uh, he's we he's, uh, he also he's got a big passion for football, so he's given me that passion for football, and so yeah i i think uh, i feel i feel both australian and italian at the same time it's uh, it's um it it would be very hard to make a choice if both
0: called me at the same time. <laughs> there you go. You, you're waiting for the call for Roberto Mancini. Have you got his number in your phone? <laughs> I have not. Maybe he has mine. No, kidding? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hey, uh, Nico, thanks very much for giving us some time today, mate. Um, uh, you got Central Coast Mariners this weekend. I think you're going to be watching from the sideline again this weekend. Uh, but what have you made of the Mariners um, so far this season? One of the smaller budgets in the league, but currently sitting yes. second.
1: Yeah, they look like a team that work really hard and uh, uh, chase every ball down, and it's uh, it's gonna be a, a hard game because yeah, they, they work really hard. They've got some very good quality players. They score lots of goals, but also they they leave a lot of spaces for us to exploit. So I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can. Uh, we can get a good result. We just need to be
0: at a, at our best. Yeah, yeah, indeed. All right, Nico. Listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Uh, And best of luck when you get back from your suspension. I look forward to seeing you back out on the field, eh? Yep. Yep. Thank you. NZ, it is Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo and joining us uh, to talk about uh, the Wellington Phoenix women's setup and his time with the team is Ryan Ego, the goalkeeping coach for the Phoenix A-League women's team. Ryan, g'day. Welcome to the show.
2: Kia ora. thank you for having me, really appreciate
0: being here. Yeah, my, my pleasure man, my pleasure. How did uh, you come to be involved with the Wellington Phoenix women's team, what brought you to New Zealand?
2: Um, what brought me to New Zealand? I met a Kiwi girl when I was on holiday, and in 2017 ended up uh, moving to New Zealand, and um, five years later, here I am now with Kiwi wife, and uh, yeah, been, been involved in football here in New Zealand for about four years, had... Um, a career in football before I came over. And when I moved over here, um, football really wasn't on my radar when I first moved over, but I met a gentleman named Paul Gothard, who was the first team goalkeeper coach at the time. And we connected, and there was an opening um, with a uh, possibility to work with the academy goalkeepers. So this was back in 2019. Um, Paul and I met, connected, and I ended up um, doing some work with the academy keepers. Before I joined the academy, I had been with um, Natalie Lawrence, um, been a goalkeeper coach of hers for a uh, team Wellington youth team and with the Capital Women's team. So when Natalie got the nod to um, step up into the head coaching role, and when it was um, known that the Phoenix were going to come back here, that the Women's team were going to be playing out of New Zealand their home matches, mm-hmm. Natalie had asked if I wanted to uh, step into the role of the Women's goalkeeper coach. So that was a very easy decision for me at the time.
0: And I, it's a it's an interesting. Um Journey to be a part of, I'd imagine, this, this start-up team that the Wellington Phoenix have got. You know, we're just into the second season here. Uh, and you've got Lily Elfeld who's obviously reasonably established uh, the ca- the captain of the squad. Uh, she's also been, you know, in, in the fern side. And then a couple of young keepers in Georgia Candy and Brianna Edwards. I'd I imagine coming into this, um, you know, Brianna particularly wouldn't have been expecting to play as many minutes as she has so far this season.
2: Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's it, it seems to be, it's always be interesting how seasons play out when it comes to goalkeepers and playing time because that's mostly what the public sees. Um, but with the, the training behind the scenes, our um, win actually, you know, the, the three goalkeepers are going to do the work, put the work in. So it's definitely been a bit of a, of a unique situation with uh, really going through the surgery right before the season and working to get back to fitness. And then, like you said, having Bree and and Tandy. Um, with us right now as the the two goalkeepers. Um, But, yeah, it was a, like you said, Lily had 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 some experience before. Um, She's established. She's been with Mainland for a while down in the South Island. She was with LSU for a couple years, then with Perth, and then, you know, obviously she was the first signing last year, and she's the captain. So we're looking forward to having her back. But yeah, like I said, with the the three goalkeepers that they had, and um, with Natalie asking me to come in, it was a very easy decision. Very happy to come in and work with this group. We're gonna, Absolute coaches bring
0: them to work with. Yeah, I guess part of that is, you know is they're all still quite young, Lily included. Um, and the younger you tend to get players, the more, I guess, malleable they are, the more they're, they're likely to listen and you can mould them and do things with them.
2: Yeah, and, and goalkeeping is a bit unique to field players, where the goalkeeper will kind of peak for their playing career a little bit later. Um, because when we look at the position of being a goalkeeper a lot of it has to do with the mental side how you can deal with mistakes and deal with adversity and it's not it's a different physical toll that the goalkeeping body has during the match than the field player body. So while the the, um, the outfield players might peak at you know your 25 26 27 your goalkeepers start to peak actually beyond that where the 28 29 30 year olds are actually, I mean, um, the professional goalkeepers will peak as far as their mental and their physical capacity lining up to be, um, you know, to be on point. So I think, like you said, all three of these are young when you look at it from that standpoint, but all three of them have um, a boatload of experience. All of them have been with the um, New Zealand youth teams and the youth setup. Um, Millie and Bree have been called in the camps before for the football firms. Um, so it was good. It was, it was a lot of experience, but like you said, they're still, as a core, they're still young, which made it exciting, um, and to be able to go in and you know, have, have some good training sessions, like you said, with, with some young goalkeepers that were looking to learn, looking to continue to master their craft, and looking to sharpen their skills.
0: In your coaching background, have, have you coached um, across both genders, male and female? And, and if so, what's the difference?
2: Yeah, so um, I did back in university. My probably my, my first full time coaching would have been after I graduated university, and I was actually then went into to the women's side. Uh, I went to a school called Virginia Wesleyan University. So my, my first coaching experience of going through a season was actually with a, um, with, a with a women's side, and uh, I'm not too sure if we've got enough time to talk about the differences between the men's and women's goalkeepers, but um, I, I would say that when you're looking at the position of goalkeeping it's, it's unique to the sport in itself it's a bit of a, of a niche position um, and I say that there are similarities that you can go across both genders with the position that the bottom line is the goalkeepers are out there to stop the ball from going in the goal um, obviously that there can be physical differences between players not not just genders uh, but I feel like goalkeeping in itself that they just it, it comes down to just for everything else that you can look at in the position of goalkeeping and for all the ins and outs of goalkeeper coaching and the bells and whistles, it really just comes down to stopping the ball from going in the goal.
0: And I uh, guess that's, that's kind of where I wanted to go with this is because, you know, I've, I've heard players talk, goalkeepers talk who have played at the top level um, who say, you know, that, Obviously, the posts, uh, the goals are the same size for men and women, but women tend to be smaller. I mean, I hope Solo was a bit of an outlier uh, with the U.S. women's team those years ago because she, she was a, a bigger person. But, you know, with Lily and, and Brianna, uh, how do you, I guess, cover the goal um, with a smaller physical stature than, say, Ollie Sale at the men's uh, team? And and how do you work on that? What are the differences in training to be able to help them to be able to cover, I guess, more space and,
2: and and be able to keep the ball out. So yeah, a, that, that's a great question. I think outside of gender, it's more athlete specific. Um, so what what are the strengths and weaknesses of the specific athlete? You know, we're talking about goalkeepers here. So is it shot stopping? Is it crossing? Is it playing with your feet? Um, I think in the women's game, especially here in the A League, um, there's just it's a lot of crosses and a lot of lofted crosses into the box. So you're looking at a lot of high balls that aren't so much always driven or whipped in, but more floated in. Um, So that's something that we focused on this year. We spent a great deal of time on working the crosses and our footwork and how we approach the ball to attack the ball for crosses. Um, But I, I also think that with the women's game, you're also looking at, along with crosses, You're looking at shot stopping of a different kind than the men's game. While the shots might come from a different place, from the same place, it's going to be a bit of a different pace um, on the shots. And I think with the A-League, what what we see is we see a little bit more rebounds on the women's side than on the men's side. So we're looking at second phases and how the goalkeeper reloads and gets ready for the second shot.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that, you know, take getting ready for the second shot. So does that mean, you know, when you drill the keepers that you 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 drill a lot of that with the defensive unit as well, because obviously, you know, the the center backs and full backs can help them in that scenario?
2: Yeah, the way the way that our training goes, and I don't think it's too similar to other clubs, is that normally we'll have a message before training for the whole team from from Natalie and from all of us and the coaching staff, and then we'll go and break into units. So in the beginning of training I'll be working with the goalkeeping unit. While the field player units will be working, um, and then from there we'll we'll come together. Um, but yeah, as our season has, has gone, we've um, we've definitely been working on some finishing here the the past couple weeks. Um, and from a from a goalkeeping standpoint, I'm a big fan of working there on that during training because our goalkeepers get to get to have work. And we don't always call it shooting practice or finishing practice. Sometimes we call it saving practice. But yeah, like you said, we're 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 focused on making the save and that includes not only sometimes the first save but also the second third sometimes fourth save
0: mm, yeah it's a uh, it's it's um, something that I, I think probably doesn't get highlighted enough when it comes to uh, the job that you do, Ryan, and 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 you know, sort of uh, getting goalkeepers sharp for that stuff. It is uh, it's it's not the initial save; it's uh, the knock on from that. Because that is something, you know. I mean, I, I grew up watching football uh, in the '80s, and keepers used to hold the ball a lot more then. Whereas now it's more about parry and punch, um, just to make sure you get it away from the goal and, and you take that, I guess, handling error out of it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely goalkeeping has changed with football into a different era. I mean, talking about the 80s and 90s, that's kind of where I grew up and, you know, watching players and having my idols and, and the, the small bit of playing that, that I did. But even back in the 90s, some of the German keepers, like I'll throw a weird uh, uh, old school German name at bodo Ilgner or Andreas Kupka. Those are the two goalkeepers that stick out in my mind, That really they weren't about catching the ball. They were about punching or parrying the ball. In certain times, they'd parry it 20, 30 yards and it would turn into a counterattack the other way. So I think while the game has changed, technology's changed, the game's got a little bit quicker, the balls have changed where they move a little bit more, they're a little bit lighter, players will be able to hit the ball a little bit harder. Um, I, I think that this is part of the reason why you do see some more, more rebounds and more second and third phase chances. Uh, but from a, from a training standpoint, I mean, goalkeepers are definitely the blue-collar workers of the team. They're definitely the down-and-dirty type of, of, of workers. And with these three that I've had this year, it's just been a joy. They're all three hard workers, like to get dirty, like to get in, do the hard work. And, um, yeah, the, the training sessions have been an absolute joy this, this season.
0: What about your skill set? Right, I mean, you talked about, you know, you sort of when you played in the in the, in the 90s uh, and things, your skill set as a coach and how that's had to adapt. I mean, we've seen probably the biggest example of it is when Pep Guardiola came into Manchester City and decided Joe Hart couldn't play with his feet, so got Edison in. Um, have you had to upskill yourself in terms of how you play with your feet and how you train keepers, you know, with the ball yeah. at their feet to, to be playmakers in a way?
2: yeah so there's there's two parts to that question. I think one from the when you look at the position of goalkeeper coach, I think they're a little bit more physical than most of the other coaches because uh, as I said in the beginning, we'll break up in the beginning of uh, sessions to where 20 or thirty minutes. I'll go and work with the goalkeepers and from like the logistical standpoint, the goalkeeper coaches they're striking balls at the goalkeeper. So if, if you're in a club situation, your goalkeeper coach isn't one of the better, better finishers in the whole program, it might be something that you need to take a look at because literally as a goalkeeper coach, we just go out and we're, you know, part, part of our job is we're actually striking the ball at the goalkeepers a couple hundred times during the session. Um, so that for me was something, me personally, that as a coach you have to have that skill set to be able to serve the ball and have somewhat of a bit of, of accuracy um, to be able to serve the ball. But I think then to... to to go on to that, the question about the players and how the game has changed and playing with the feet, absolutely. That, that's something that, as goalkeepers, we need to recognize and as goalkeeper coaches need to tailor your sessions to. On average, a goalkeeper will touch the ball seven times more with their feet than with their hands in a game. So when you look at the difference between goalkeepers, the law allows them to use their hands, and we all have these fancy gloves, and you know it, it, it all looks flash, but the reality is in the match, we're actually touching the ball with our feet more than we are with our hands. So the goalkeepers have to be proficient at their feet. And where certain times a field player can make a mistake with their feet, we have other field players around them to be able to recoup and recover from that mistake if a goalkeeper makes a mistake with their feet. There really isn't anybody behind us to to save us, and and that mistake ends up oftentimes on the scoreboard. So it's very, very important from a goalkeeping standpoint that we train the feet, we train decision-making, and we try and upskill and try and get the speed of play as quick as possible, speed of thought as quick as possible with our feet.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's something that it has changed a lot, and you know, something that you would have had to adjust to uh, over the time as well. Uh, one thing that we have been missing for the Phoenix this year, and we touched on it at the start of the chat, is that Lily uh, Elfeld had that operation. She's been out. Uh, how far away do you think Lily is from being uh, able to take the field?
2: Well, Lily's been working back to, to fitness and it's um, it, it's a case now we're working with the, the physios and the medical staff and the sports science staff. We're we're at a place where. Um week by week, we're kind of checking in and we're 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 close um we're we're hoping to to see her soon um she has just she has been unbelievable with the work that she's put in um, and a, as a captain it's i couldn't imagine from her standpoint it's got to be frustrating to be out there and be training but not be able to be in the game but a, a testament to Lily is that she's handled it um, with grace with professionalism um she's out there with the training sessions she's out there with the goalkeepers she's helping us from a standpoint of being there. She's, you know, you can take note that Lily's the type of captain, type of player, type of person, that she's the one that's after training helping pick up equipment. She's the one that's coming out to training when she's not even training. You know, she's gone and done a gym session with our physio, and then she comes out to training afterwards to support us. Um, So while it hasn't been ideal that she's been injured, she hasn't had to play yet, she still has had a massive impact on this team this season. She was one of the leaders last season. Like I said before, she was the first player that this club signed, and she was one of the absolute anchors for the experience that the girls had last year. Um, It was a tremendous team-building and character-building experience for those players last year that went over there and were based in Australia, and and Lily was one of the absolute anchors and and rudders of that experience.
0: Good stuff, Ryan. Thanks very much for coming on and having a chat to us, mate. It's great to get a bit of insight from your point of view and the work that you do day in day out. Best of luck for this weekend, and uh, hopefully we see uh, Lily back between the posts uh, before too long.
2: No, Latara, I greatly appreciate it, and yeah, we're we're hoping this weekend that we can go out and give uh, give the fans the uh, result that uh, that they need. That they're looking for. This is SENZ, it is
0: Phoenix Nation and joining us uh, for our catch up with the OPPO this week is a man that knows these shores very well uh, Brian Keltak, not only the captain of Vanuatu but also a member of the Central Coast Mariners squad this season as well a team that's flying very high Brian, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you, I'm good, I'm good That's a story, mate How are you settling in uh, to life on the coast? You've been there, what, six, seven months now?
3: Yeah, I've been here uh, uh, six months now and, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm loving it here. It's, uh, it's a nice nice town, nice, uh, good community and a good club as well. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Thank you. I'm enjoying it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it, the, the opportunity came about last year as an injury replacement and you you impressed so much. They, they've given you uh, a two-year deal. Um, how have you found the transition from, you know, playing uh, NPL level to playing A-League? Uh, yes, it's...
3: Um, it's a bit it's a bit different, you know, uh like it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a big league. It's a big league in, in terms of football life, you know. I have been in New Zealand playing the, um uh, NBL of Day with one of the one of the best clubs in, in in New Zealand, Oakland City, which is um where I develop my my, my my skills, my talent and understanding of football, you know, and transition to to A-Lick, um it's uh, it's a big stepping stone for me. But but I, I, I did well, you know, I just uh, keep keep things uh, simple, and yeah,
0: I made it through. You did make it through. You got a, t- a two year pro deal now, which is fantastic. I, I was reading uh, an interview with Nick Montgomery uh, that was done around the time of your signing. He said he couldn't believe that no one had given you this opportunity before. Uh, you talked about your time at Auckland City, but you also a few years ago did have a trial opportunity with the Wellington Phoenix, didn't you?
3: Uh, i was um i was actually uh, sponsored by OFC to um to, to train and you know get get the errands in, in um with uh, well, in the Wellington Phoenix team which is we just, we just uh, i they did pretty well but um it me over and and i'll i'll I a lot of a lot of things out of uh, uh, the club the the coaches and the, and the boys and yeah it just it makes um my football just went up to to another level
0: What's the biggest change um that you've found or, or the biggest improvement in your game since you've been training full time as a as a pro at central coast
3: uh look it's it's um it is it is just me doing doing what's what's best and um i have i gotta i learn every day as well which is which is really good that um i could i just find my my game just keep improving you know i just ask myself. How did I come this far? And how did I'm like I'm going? Which is, uh, which I'm, I'm doing good at the moment. But just every, every day, keep keep learning um, new things from from the club, you know, the coaches as well. And and as well to make my um, I've been improving in, in in the past few few games.
0: Is it as much about what you're doing off the field now as what you're doing on it?
3: Uh. I would I would say um, most most of the things off the field because um, like I've been I've been doing these things like uh, all my life so uh, when I get here just got I just stick to the same same routine which is, yeah it it helps me.
0: The uh... The opportunity obviously came about last year. You've you've played half a season there. I think was it ten games. Then you've, and you've got this two year deal, and you're playing now. Nick Montgomery. Uh, I know you've played under a lot of people. I know you you, you know you played uh, under Ramon uh, at Auckland City, and you, you've played obviously internationally as well. Um, but what is Nick Montgomery like as a coach? Because he's really lifted that team, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, he is. Um, he, he actually uh, he did a really good job uh, um, stepping in and. And and with the team as well, and it just it just transition like he he believed in in what 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 each player um half you know, and then most of the like always say most of our team are young young players, so he loved his young players, bring them in and then just develop them, and then when I came in, I just I just fit in fit in nicely, and he's he's such a a good coach that he gives opportunities to to players, and he believes he believes those players as well, you know. Uh, and and bring them over and yeah, we'll just stick to his game plan. But it, it's marvelous; just it's really, really good coach.
0: I mean, you look at uh, Central Coast; they don't have one. You know, they're not uh, Melbourne City or a, or a Sydney FC. They don't have the biggest budget in the league, right? I guess a little bit like the Wellington Phoenix. So uh, it looks very much like a club that's punching above its weight. Um, what do you? Why do you think that is? What are, What are you doing so well at Central Coast?
3: Uh, look, the the most best important thing is is it's in a changing room you know um he believes that if if we have if we have a good um good, good environment and then and everyone are willing to work hard for each other then there's nothing can, that can, can stop harsh or any teams that have this same philosophy you know it's just hard work and 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 stick to the game and things like that but he he really he's he changed um from the past Mariners is still. To now, last year did it pretty well And then this, this year as well You know, we just we want to give this momentum we, keep, we, we want to keep it and keep going with it, you know it just, um, yeah, It's just, yeah, it's
0: unbelievable You would have watched a bit of the Phoenix this season Oscar Zawad has found some goal-scoring form or well, Obviously David Balls there as well uh, Who can score and Costa so uh, you, You're coming over here this weekend to take those boys on uh, what, What's the biggest focus for you?
3: Oh, look, it's it's always um, the other teams that are doing good in the league right now, which one's in you know, and then we're going to come over and it's it's pretty much like the same as Mariners, you know. Uh, and now that we, we we came again in New Zealand, it, I would say it's not going to be easy, you know. Uh, we just have to, like, for, for us, you know, we just have to stick to our camp and and yeah, make, make the most of it and, like, enjoy the game and, yeah, we'll see how. Uh, how, how we go?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Auckland City. You also spent a bit of time at Tasman as well uh, here, so I imagine there'll be a few faces in the crowd you might know. Are you looking forward to catching up with a few people on your on your visit over here?
3: Yeah, look, it's it's always nice. I was, everyone keeps asking me, "I like, we're going back to New Zealand." It's like, yeah, it's always nice to get to go back there. Where this is, that's where I started my football career, and 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 the, the people that I knew of there. I'm. I'm looking forward, you know, to see them after the game, or yeah, before the game. I'm. I'm looking forward to
0: it. What has um, the professional contract you've got at Central Coast Mariners done for you personally? Uh, particularly back in Vanuatu. I mean, I know you're already the captain of of your nation, but has this taken it to another level? I mean, can you walk down the street when you go home to Vanuatu, or do you get mobbed by the kids? How did, how, how has that changed for you at all? Um
3: uh, I, I would say no, like. Uh, now that i'm i'm i' i take another step of my on, on my career you know league peak like just where kids back in in Fanoaju and in Oceania are looking up to you know where they want to play one day and and me doing doing good you know last last time we we took a trip there it just i just find the environment like a bit a bit different you know where everyone was just yeah coming up to me and everyone was like quitting me and things like that but yeah it just because I know it's uh uh, another uh, massive, massive, um, um, massive stepping stone in in my career, and and if it's a peak league as well, and everyone were like, um, they, you know, I'll, I'll be one of the idols, and yeah, it just it just changed the it just changed the environment that um, I used to like went back, and then everything was a small chill, but now it's just more like I would say frustrating, and it you, you know you know what I'm 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 talking about, right? Mm. Yeah.
0: It is quite different, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that that must be quite cool for you as well. Uh, you know, obviously you, you're someone that some of the youth in Vanuatu can look up to and you, they see a pathway because of, of, of what you have done. Um, what do you think your signing uh, to this deal with the Central Coast Mariners means for other players in Oceania? Do you think this will open the eyes of A-League clubs to maybe look on their own back doorstep a bit more rather than going to Europe or Asia?
3: Yeah, look, I mean... With with what I achieve, you know, just just not me, you know. Like we got some some island boys in 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 New Zealand, that would in in Wellington, Phoenix. You know, we got Roy, and he he set a massive stone ahead of us, and and we just we just following the same same pathway, and and hopefully, like you know, inspire the other other kids. You know, I like I always say, there's there's a lot of potential out there. You know, just just a chance and opportunity where and where where we. We could find you know create a pathway that they they could follow and and for the pacific islanders as well you know like uh like now like they give them like focus more on in 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 the air league in the australian league uh or new zealand league as well you know, because that's where i think that's where any island kid can, can can actually grow and 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 get strong over there before you're thinking about going to europe
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, it's an incredible pathway. And, of course, the other pathway that's opened up, Brian, is uh, the next World Cup, which is going to be in the United States, Mexico and Canada. Uh, they've obviously opened up more teams, and it means Oceania has one and a half places. So there's even more opportunity for you to be able to potentially captain uh, Vanuatu at a World Cup. Uh, how much of a uh, uh, of an enticement is that, and, and where do you think uh, that could take football in Vanuatu if you manage it?
3: Yeah, look, um, after the the, the release w what, what what's um if everyone has been talking and then it, it already in a statement like for, for World Cup two two sports from the Oceania it, it gives just after the last qualifiers it gives it gives every petrification um opportunity, you know. Um uh, and and something to look forward to. And and for me I uh, I think uh, like for us the federation is actually like looking forward to 2026 world cup that if we like keep the same same squad and you know keep keep growing as as a team as a national team then yeah we can we can we, we can make it you know it's just it is that um we need we need like to, to get to get more more players you know to have good experience and um Experience in 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 the bigger league, so that it will make it more easier for us when it goes to the national team.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And uh, finally, Brian, before I let you go, mate, um, uh, Auckland City. We mentioned them earlier, but they're at the Club World Cup, uh, which kicks off, I think, in, a, in about a week or so. Uh, what are you? Yeah, are you keeping an eye on on your old team, and how do you think they're going to go over there?
3: Yeah, always, always, always keeping an eye on 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 the team, Auckland City, and and uh, the boys as well. You know, uh, look, I I think they have. Uh, they have a really, really good uh, season. They win everything, back-to-back, everything, and then now they, they're over there with the Cup World Cup, and I don't see any difference, to be honest. They, they can compete here, they, they can compete over there as well. They have like they a few recruitments and, and some, some good players in the team, so yeah, I wish them all the best, but, and they can, they can do something.
0: Brian, thank you very much for your time today, mate. I really appreciate it. Go well, travel safe, and I uh, hope you enjoy your visit to Wellington. Maybe just not too much, all right?
3: <laughs> oh, Jase, man, thank you.
4: Yeah, coming up eight minutes away from four here on SENZ, Phoenix Nation. Uh, Another one brought to you by Ricardo Ball. Ricardo's just had to step out. So Captain K taking you through uh, to the top of the hour. I just thought I'd take us through Sunday the 22nd of January. This Sunday, 3pm, you can see our Phoenix men take on the Central Coast Mariners. And the Phoenix women, same day, uh, this Sunday, 12.15pm, they are taking on Canberra United. Uh, Sit tight, Phoenix Nation fans. Just remember that uh, the Oppo Fan Challenge is coming back next week making his big return Ricardo is going to ask you five uh, Wellington Phoenix related questions for your chance to win a pair of Oppo headphones all you have to do is get three out of five right what I'm going to do here is just take another break just hold tight and when we come back Stephen McIver That's <laughs> away from four before Stephen McIver kicks the door down and <laughs> takes you on your run home Stephen you're in the studio right now tell me what have you got today? It's your 20. last day on the run home, isn't run it? Run home, yeah. Then I'm off to Invercargill
5: tomorrow for the second round of the Super Sprint Motorsport uh, New Zealand National Championships. That'll be a bit of fun in uh, Teratonga. Good start to the day because we have the CEO of the Rugby League Players Association, Clint Newton, to try and make us understand what is what is the real issue going on. Uh, we have a salary cap, but we don't have a collective bargaining agreement. Not we, you know, the, the Rugby League players. There's a lot There's a lot of talk, particularly potential talk of strike action on the first round. So he's going to clarify what are the issues that the rugby league players association have with the NRL and whether they're talking properly. Hamish Bennett's going to come in and talk about to what happened last night in Hyderabad. Joey Wheels Joey Wheeler has been caught up for the Black Clash. Uh, he's going to have a, a bit of a yarn with us as well. Paying good money to be top run scorer, dear Joey Wheels. <laughs> well, I didn't realise I've been doing a little bit of sniffing around. He actually is a, has, has a cricket history, our wheels, and he's always a good bloke. Oh, we are going to talk politics with the Prime Minister pulling the pin today. Last day on the job on February 7th. So Ben Strang, who's part of our commentary team, he's a political reporter for... Uh, Radio New Zealand News is going to give us his, his his take on that. I'm sure everybody has a take on it, and I don't mind talking politics. And, of course, uh, David Morales, who we tried to talk to at the beginning of the week, but he was hiking up in the middle of uh, Central Otago, and his, his reception was crap. So we have a chat to him about, he's a driver, a racing driver in the motorsport series. So that's what's coming up. Lots and lots to talk about, plus your calls and texts. Wonderful. And
4: uh, no surprises there. The big show bringing another big show. (laughs) That was another week of Phoenix Nation uh, brought to you by Ricardo Ball. We will be back next Thursday, same time, 3 p.m. And just remember, if you want to be a part of the Phoenix Fan Challenge, hit up Ricardo Ball on Twitter, rickdog72, or text us here, double eight double three. Oppo Fan Challenge. That's another week of Phoenix Nation Stephen McIver coming up next.